0: Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to the Washington Weekly Podcast on the UBS Now Podcast Channel. Our conversation today will bring you up to speed on a range of developments within the Beltway and beyond. Joining me for the conversation, glad to welcome back Shane Lieberman, Federal Affairs Manager with the UBS US Office of Public Policy in Washington, DC. So, Shane, welcome back. Thank you for spending some time with our listeners, our clients, and Looking forward to our conversation.
1: Thanks, Dan. Good to be with you, as always, and hope you're doing well.
0: Likewise. Thank you, Shane. So I know there's a lot to catch up on from when we last spoke, so maybe we can begin with the Supreme Court. We did see this week some headlines surrounding Associate Justice Stephen Breyer. He did announce his intentions for retirement. I know there was some back and forth with respect to the clarification on that, but there's a lot to unpack with this. Do we know a timeline as to when Associate Justice Breyer will vacate the bench and the commencement process for nomination confirmation? And just to add on, in these early days, are there any potential nominees being discussed or considered?
1: Yeah, obviously, this is um, a big development and will uh, take up a lot of the oxygen in D.C. for the coming weeks and months. But you're right, there was a little back and forth. And then officially, you know, uh, Justice Breyer uh, presented President Biden with his resignation letter and and joined President Biden for um, the announcement at the White House. Um, in his letter, he says that he's going to you know fulfill his duties for the remainder of the court session, which is usually uh, wraps up business uh, at the end of June or maybe early July. and but he also threw in the caveat that you know um, he assumes that by then the successor will have been nominated and confirmed. So you know he left the door open uh, to the possibility of continuing service um, when the new court term uh, starts in October should, you know, no one actually um, uh, be confirmed to fulfill his seat. Uh, so, you know, I think this much leeway allows the time for someone to be nominated, which President Biden has said it's his intention and nominate someone by uh, the end of February and then confirm, you know, traditionally um, that process is you know, once someone's nominated, they make the rounds on Capitol Hill, meet with a few dozen uh, senators to, you know, get uh, acquainted with them. Then they have uh, hearings, which, you know, can last, you know, just a short period of time or could last, you know, um, uh, oh, days or weeks. So, you know, I think what we're, what we're looking for is um, the Biden administration looking to have someone nominated by the end of February, uh, hearings in March and, you know, passed by uh, a nom- uh, excuse me, confirmed by uh, Memorial Day or so. And that person would be then ready to take the bench when Justice Breyer steps down. Um, there is a list that is, you know, being uh, followed for potential successors to Justice Breyer. You know, President Biden, of course, has stated that he wants to nominate an African-American, African-American woman. Um, you know, the, the list flowing about, there are about, 10 names or so, but there are kind of three preferential candidates or we'll say leading candidate, top contenders. Um, and, you know, the, the number one name on that list is uh, Judge uh, Brown Jackson. She is on the uh, U.S. Court of Appeals in D.C. Um, and this is a, a prominent um uh, court circuit that that often has justices be elevated to the Supreme Court um you know I think there are other justices, judges to keep an eye on like uh, um, justice judge Juliana Michelle childs she's from South Carolina and so she has the backing of uh, house uh, with uh, Clyburn who was very instrumental in in um, President Bidens Eventually becoming president, you know, he kind of helped revive the uh, campaign. So, you know, him pushing for Judge uh, Juliana Michelle Childs actually means something. But you know, this is a fluid process, as as you know. Um, but I think there are a number of candidates that may rise to uh, the occasion and have uh, president biden's uh, nomination
0: well shane thank you for breaking down for us what to expect and when and for highlighting some potential nominees as history tells us especially recently uh, this process can be quite spirited and eventful so more to come here and certainly something will continue to track in the months to come Uh, the u.s did deliver russia a security offer this aimed at lowering the flame so to speak on tensions in eastern europe now russia claims The proposals aren't sufficient. The proposals don't meet their demands. So what were the terms that were offered to Russia by the U.S.? Maybe some areas of disagreement of note. And how might these talks progress from here? Yes,
1: that's correct. This letter was delivered um, to Russia this week. You know, I think it's important to keep in mind that, you know, this um, letter proposal from um, the Biden administration was not, you know, crafted overnight. It actually it was a response that took uh, several weeks to craft. So, you know, you can't expect Russia to just um, reply uh, in the next day. So, you know, there is some time and thought that goes into these things. You know, the exact details of what's in this document uh, is not being released. But, you know, we do know that, you know, the U.S. is reiterating um, that it's going to reject the Kremlin's uh, demands that uh, NATO not be expanded. Um, And you've already seen the Russians, you know, kind of say, you know, we're not agreeing on that major issue, but maybe we can find some agreement on secondary issues. So I think this is um, a healthy step in the process and is going to lead to further conversations uh, between our two countries and most notably the conversations between uh, Secretary of State Blinken and uh, uh, Russian uh, Foreign Minister Lavrov. You know, um, I think what you're seeing is that you know the the U.S. trying to um, you know have have an open line of communication, but not give into demands or uh, uh, by Russia. You know the um, NATO allies are are trying to stick together here. You know you do actually see a little bit of a break between uh, the U.S. and Ukraine right now. I think Ukraine is a little bit concerned that. You know, uh, the U.S.'s language is too combative and will lead to Russia, um, uh, having a combative uh, posture. Um, so there are a lot of dimensions to this going on. And, and as you and I, Dan, uh, repeatedly say, this will be one that will continue to follow. Uh, for the coming weeks.
0: We did hear from a media outlet at the White House basically saying that an invasion would be a virtual certainty. That might have been walked back a bit. Any clarity on that statement?
1: Yeah, no, I think, you know, that's part of the back and forth uh, between Ukraine and, and the U.S. right now is that, is that a little too strong of word? Um, I think you're you're seeing the, the um, Uh, Russians, you know, as they continue to have a buildup, they are keep stating that they do not intend to, um, invade Ukraine. So, you know, I I think, you know, there is a point where you have to, uh, try and say, well, if if you're having all these troops, what, what's the purpose? And, you know, they'll say, Russia will say security. So, There is a back-and-forth going on there,
0: absolutely. Thank you, Shane, for the added insights there, and we'll see how this story progresses into the weekend and into next week. Maybe we can come back stateside. Now, there have been some reports recently that both the White House as well as congressional Democrats, they're picking up the pieces of Build Back Better and maybe mapping out some alternative approaches to furthering select initiatives within uh, the original proposal. So anything on this front you've been hearing, Shane?
1: Yeah, no, I think a lot of backroom conversations, and you're seeing, you know, some people speak out a little bit publicly, but they're not giving out great details because, you know, no one wants to get ahead of themselves here. You know, um, House leader uh, Hoyer um democrat from Maryland you know he has uh, said this week that he thinks they'll be able to reach um, a deal uh, so, you know soon um joe manchin who is the one that really uh put the brakes on this uh, back in in December um has started talking just a little bit this week you know saying i, I think he, he thinks they can come to an agreement on the climate issues i think that's something that there's a misunderstanding about is that Joe Manchin does not oppose all the climate initiatives in this bill. Um, He has heartburn about specific issues within the climate proposal, but he's not overall opposed to the entire uh, 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 constellation of climate proposals. So I think what you're going to see in the coming days and weeks is a narrowing down of what he is comfortable with um, on the climate front and then also kind of where is that balancing point of, You know how much is too much. Uh, That is one of his larger concerns about too much spending, especially. In this environment of inflation.
0: Thank you, Shane. So, certainly more to come here, but thank you for providing some insights as far as what you've been hearing and what might come down the pike. All right, so maybe one other topic we can hit on before we close out for this week, and we're staying up on Capitol Hill for this. We have been hearing about a bipartisan push out of the Senate to combat foreign censorship actions, Uh, these aimed against U.S. companies within the tech and internet spaces. Now, What has sparked this effort, this bipartisan effort? What is being proposed and even considered to address this issue?
1: Yeah, so you're right. This is a bipartisan effort. It's not, um, you know, uh, unanimous between Republicans and Democrats. There is some uh, objection to it. But overall, it is bipartisan. So this is the American Innovation and Choice Online Act, which uh, passed the Senate Judiciary Committee uh, by 16 to 6 vote. Um, you know, the aim of this bill is to prevent Amazon, Facebook and other large tech companies from boosting their own products and services on their rival uh, over their rivals. Um, and this is kind of it's, it's interesting because a, every lawmaker you probably talk to really thinks that there should be some level of regulation kind of in this uh, world where, you know, a lot of tech uh, is devoid of regulation. So this is kind of maybe the first easy step for Congress to come together and pass a regulations targeting um, these tech giants and the influence of um, these tech giants. So, you know, I think this um, has some momentum, but, you know, what could uh, really stop it from moving forward is the larger part fight between uh, not just Republicans, and Democrats, but within each party, there are You know, our our variety of views of how far, uh, they want to go, uh, on the regulation of tech companies. If they keep it kind of simple and confined to this, uh, space, I think they could pass something this year. Um, but I think we, we largely look at the meaningful, um, uh, regulations of big tech. At least when I say meaningful, I mean from, you know, investor standpoint. Um, I think those any potential action would come from uh, the administration by regulations, not from uh, Congress. So this is worth watching, but also kind of keeping a little bit of perspective of um this is not as far reaching as a Sunday
0: executive. Well, Shane, thank you for the clarity and insights on this push. A lot of implications there, so certainly something we can revisit down the road a bit. But a very productive recap of the week, a lot here that we'll look forward to catching up on in the week ahead and beyond. I wish you a nice weekend, Shane, and thank you again for dropping by the podcast today. Appreciate it, as always.
1: Good to be with you, Dan. You know, for everyone in the Northeast, I hope the storm isn't too bad, and uh, I hope we all get to watch... And enjoy some incredible uh, playoff football like last weekend.
0: Definitely. It might be hard to top last week, but looking forward to settling down with some football. And again, today we've been joined by Shane Lieberman, Federal Affairs Manager with the UBS U.S. Office of Public Policy in Washington, D.C. So before we close out, just a quick reminder for our clients, our listeners, please be sure to reference the latest Washington Weekly publication, which is located on UBS.com forward slash Washington Weekly. The Washington Weekly podcast is part of the UBS In the Now podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Pandora. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the new UBS trending video series. From UBS studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. The information in this discussion has been prepared by and reflects the opinions and various investment views of the speaker. UBS Financial Services, Inc. has not independently verified such information and does not guarantee its accuracy or completeness. This information is being provided to you for your information purposes only and does not constitute a recommendation or an endorsement by UBS Financial Services, Inc. of the author, the securities, or views stated herein. Any specific Securities discussed should not be considered a recommendation or solicitation to buy or sell any particular security. You should not assume that any investment in any of the securities was or will be profitable. UBS Financial Services, Inc. or its affiliates and its employees are not affiliated with any third-party speakers mentioned. UBS Financial Services, Inc. offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC-registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC-registered broker-dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, different in material ways. We are governed by different laws and separate arrangements